As a medical professional, you're probably consumed by your work. Because of that, you likely miss out on big opportunities to protect and grow the wealth you work so hard for. Luckily, through passive real estate investing, you can place your capital in the hands of trusted syndicators who do all the legwork while you sit back and let your money work for you. Syndicators like Ascent Equity Group. Ascent Equity Group is led by three medical professionals turned full-time real estate investors who have secured a quarter of a billion dollars in assets in just three years. And their latest opportunity, Sunrise and Chandler, is open now. Sunrise and Chandler is an exciting 177-unit value-add multifamily opportunity in the affluent city of Chandler, Arizona. This Class B asset in a Class A location was secured at a significant discount and is already cash flowing out of the gate, with 89% of the units still in need of renovation. Sunrise and Chandler is close to meeting its capital raising goal and will be closing soon. So if you'd like to learn more, visit ascentequitygroup.com forward slash best deal to schedule a call. That's A-S-C-E-N-T equitygroup.com slash best deal. This opportunity is open to accredited investors only. Buy what everybody else doesn't want to buy. Because you've got to find some edge. There's too many people out there investing in real estate. If you really want to see significant profit. Before we get into today's episode, are you a fix and flipper who needs some money? You need to maybe do more deals and you're limited by the funds you have available. Well then, Fund That Flip, today's best ever sponsor, has a solution for you. And you know Fund That Flip, right? Your loyal best ever listener, the founder, Matt Rodak, he's been on the show multiple times and they have been a previous sponsor and they love working with the best ever listeners and they provide short-term fix and flip loans to experienced investors. They've got an online platform, makes the entire process super easy, and you can get funded in as few as seven days. So if you're looking for a reliable funding partner, go to fundthatflip.com and mention that, well, you heard about it on the Best Ever Show. Best Ever listeners, welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast. We only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any of that fluffy stuff with us today. Daniel, I'm in Dory. How you doing, Daniel? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on your show. Well, my pleasure. Nice to have you on the show. And a little bit about Daniel. He has over 40 transactions. He bought his first rental property at the age of 18 years old, and he now owns 15 rental units, seven homes, two duplexes, and one fourplex. He is the co-founder of Future Money Trends Letter, and he's been featured on all sorts of media publications. With that being said, Daniel, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and your current focus? Sure. I was always interested in investing from a child, five years old on. I was selling things out of the garage, going door to door. It turned into really my hobby. I was just always fascinated with money, never into the materialism part of it, just fascinated with money. And it was like a video game that just keeps going and going and going. And I ended up becoming a avid reader in Barnes and Nobles as a teenager. And at 18 years old, the first chance I got three months out of high school, I started buying real estate. And ultimately, I had a very successful real estate investment full-time career in my young 20s. I had a big crash as well. And all of this, uh, along with uh, the other investments I made with public companies and private businesses, I started the futuremoneytrends.com letter, where it's essentially personal finance ideas, investment ideas, but a lot of it comes from the stories I have so that people can hopefully, just like when they listen to your show, either not make mistakes or improve on some of the things that I've done successfully. 
All right. Well, I want to focus on the future money trends letter and the insights that we can get from that and lessons that you've learned. But before we focus on that, obviously, I have to ask you about 18 years old, three months out of high school, you bought a property. Where did you get the money? Well, I got to tell you, it was just from savings. I only had to use $3,000. This was in the year 2000. That's a lot of um, money for 18-year-olds. It was. I was a hardcore saver. I've always been. That's one of the things I can tell you with personal finance, becoming a relentless saver is key. So I had used this $3,000 and got a loan. And this was in the early days of basically the real estate boom. And I was happened to be in Southern California. So I happened to be in one of the best spots to do this. And I did it three months out of high school because I really didn't know that I wasn't supposed to be able to do this. So I just went out and did it. I skipped going to college. And I'll tell you, my second purchase was about nine months later at age 19. And that one was the first time I ever did creative financing. That one's probably a little more interesting just because I used the broker's commission. I had her advance me the commission. And then I used that as my down payment. And it became a lien on the previous property. But of course, she got reimbursed as soon as she got paid. How'd you come up with that idea? You know, as corny as it sounds, worse than the word corny itself is Carlton Sheets. I watched that stuff and uh, I ate it up. And of course, I probably didn't apply 99% of it. But that was one thing that he said that I picked up on. And I tried it. I asked a few different brokers. Most of them laughed me out of the room. And then I met (laughs) an 81-year-old broker who said, you're how old? I'm like 18. She's like, you own a rental property already? I said, yes. And he was like, let's do it. (laughs) That's great. All right. Let's see. Let's talk about your money trends letter that you send out. What are you investing in right now? Well, futuremoneytrends.com, its main focus is income ideas. So right now, like some of the real estate investments that we focus on, we do advocate that people look into single family homes and good areas. We offer ideas on how to flip or rent, and we really advocate for some of these owner financing deals. I've done almost exclusively owner financing since 2008. A lot of people think they're not there, but they're everywhere, to be perfectly honest with you. And they're more accessible than ever because of the internet. So we do focus on people having trouble or not having a large enough down payment, and we teach different ideas on how to get these owner finance deals. Outside of that, in real estate, We do like buying first trust deeds. Again, that's easier than ever because of things like Pierce Street, where you can buy liens. And we also do some sort of private REITs where you can buy and invest in commercial real estate. And then with a small portion of our portfolio, 90% is income, 10% is speculation. That's where we invest in micro cap stocks and private businesses and pre-IPO type companies. Well, you certainly piqued my curiosity. I'm sure some other best ever listeners when you said owner financing, you've been doing it exclusively since 2008, and they are everywhere and accessible. Please elaborate. Okay. So again, this comes from like these seminars you go to or books you'll read about owner financing and you kind of look around or first off, you'd ask a realtor. They're always going to say they're not around. The realtors are the worst people to ask because they're kind of in their mindset. They know one plus one can only happen one way. They don't realize 0.5 plus 0.5 or 0.75. There's all kinds of different ways to get there. But the realtors, I'm not doubting them, but typically they're not even going to try because there's a lot of laziness involved. You have to go out and do it yourself. But they're everywhere. First off, you should find the bird dogs in your city. They're everywhere. They're called wholesalers. 
You usually can find them on Craigslist, and usually the wholesalers can help you find creative financing, can help you find owner financing. Another way I was able to find a lot of owner financing deals was simply looking for the distressed deals. Originally, I knocked on doors and found like the notice of default list and would try to do assumable mortgages or with different wraps and stuff. Eventually, for me, I was able to kind of, as you look for these deals, you ultimately will find those one out of 5,000 realtors in that city who will actually be like an expert at owner financing. They're in Vegas, they're in Phoenix, they're in Dallas, they're in Austin, Houston. I come across them all the time. And once you find them, then it's a matter of simply telling them what your criteria is and, hey, keep me notified. And one thing I always did was I was always quick to jump on any deal that was in my criteria. So, of course, I went from just being somebody on their email list to somebody who was a priority because I was buying. And my criteria a few years ago, probably 2009 to 2011, was I was just looking for rental properties. Last three or four years, I've only been looking for flips. So those realtors that can find me those owner financing deals have been the source of probably half of those deals. The other half have come from wholesalers themselves, which are in almost every city, I believe, where all you can do is get on their list and let them know what you're interested in. And you can find these owner financing deals. Now, most of the owner financing deals I have done, you do need some cash. You're going to need anywhere from $5,000 to about $30,000. But they are there. They are available to you. The myth, and I had this thought too, so please tell me that there's another way. My thought was that wholesalers only want people who can buy for cash and they'd be done with it. That's what they want. But the fact is, is the cash buyers have very select criteria for these people. And so look, they're inevitably going to have to get creative. If a bird dog is successful, a wholesaler is successful, he's going to have too many deals on his hands. And those are exactly the kind of deals you want. Look, I'll give you a great example. I've been in situations where a wholesaler has locked up a deal and it's now three days from foreclosure. So they call me and they say, look, it's Wednesday. On Friday, this house goes to foreclosure. Can you get me $25,000? I'll fly it up to Wells Fargo in Dallas and we can save this property. It'll be yours. And those are the type of deals I've been able to do. So maybe they didn't want to do business with me because I'm not the all cash buyer. But at some point in time, if they're willing to get creative, and especially in states where it's, you know, it's, it's, they're all states, I assume, but especially in places that I've been investing, like Texas and Tennessee, you can simply do an assumable very easy. You're paying the person's mortgage. And a lot of times I'll do a contract where I'm only paying it for a year and then I'm committing to either refinancing or selling the property, in which case I'm almost always selling. And those are the type of deals I've done with different wholesalers. And by the way, I'm not doing this full time. So if you're doing this full time, you're going to have to find more ways. You're going to have to be way more active than me. I'm a lazy armchair investor. I'm waiting for people to call me. I'm just putting my name out there and my phone number and my criteria. And I'm only doing, let's say, maybe two to three deals a year on the flip side. And maybe I buy one to three rentals a year. Mm -hmm. I'm a wholesaler. You reach out to me or you come across me in some event. I ask you, what are you looking for? What's your response? Right now, I would tell you my response is always, I want what nobody else wants. I want what everybody else hates. So that is my standard reply to anybody, any realtor or any wholesaler that I speak to. I tell them, I want to be the guy that buys the things that nobody else wants to buy. I want to be the things that are hated. I don't care if it's fire damage or foundation. What are people scared of? What do they hate? What does nobody want? What can no one get a loan for? I'm that guy. Okay. 
And then what would be a specific example of a transaction you closed on that fits that criteria? Here in Texas, it's foundation problems. I really like those. It's without a doubt, my niche little market that I found here that I can't believe there's zero competition virtually, maybe not after this show though. But look, here's the deal with the foundation problems. No one can get a loan. Bam, right there. You just got rid of all your paint, carpet, blind, fix and flippers. They're gone. Most people are ignorant of what it takes to fix a foundation. Okay, there you go. You got rid of a ton of cash buyers and a ton of other investors. So now it's you and a handful of people. In my case, I don't even know if there are a handful of people in Central Texas doing this, but I'm on several realtors lists and several wholesalers. And anytime that it says foundation problem, they know that I can't wait to get my hands on it. Mm -hmm. Because what I accidentally discovered when I purchased my home was that a foundation problem is not a $50,000 problem. It's a three to $5,000 problem. And that amazes me because for three to $5,000, That's a problem for every single person who has to get a loan. Now, I'm speaking as if I'm buying cash, if you're listening, but I'm not. Instead, what I'm doing is I'm approaching that homeowner who cannot sell his house. He is stuck. The only option for him is a cash buyer. That's what he thinks. But what I tell him is, what do you ultimately need from this deal? That's where I start the negotiation. Maybe they need $5,000. Maybe they need $30,000. If I can be agreeable to that, the rest is easy because all I have to do is an assumable transaction. I take over the loan and I tell them, look, I need 18 months to fix and flip this house or refinance. I can get the foundation people in almost immediately. I can have the foundation repaired within six weeks. Then I just need to finish the rest of the property. I still have an assumable loan. So I've never even applied for a mortgage at this point. I'm simply making the payment of the previous owner, but I am illegally on the deed. I am the owner. I just don't have the mortgage in my name. I continue making those payments and that distressed seller, he's long gone. And I then sell the property and hopefully, and usually it works in this case, and I say actually always it works so far, is I'm able to sell the property in under six months, paying off that loan. So that guy's happy and I get to make the cash. I never had to go through the nightmare of an application of getting a mortgage I never had to come in with some certain thing. I didn't have to write a $200,000 check to buy the property cash. I usually got into the property for less than $25,000 and probably put in another $25,000 to fix it up. This is a strategy that every best ever listener can pick up, and that is identify the main issue in your market that scares people away, research the solution, and then you're the guy or gal who is the go-to person for when people come across that type of property. It's so true. And the great thing about like, let's say the Central Texas Foundation issues is in Texas, these are lifetime warranties. So once repaired, let's say I'm in a community and there's foundation problems known in this community. You happen to be now listing the only home that has a lifetime warranty on its foundation. And of course, I bet what was a unintended benefit, but There are some communities in Central Texas where I fixed and flipped one foundation problem and then I ended up getting called by two of the other homeowners in that area within the year because I was that guy who was willing to fix that problem. Because again, unless a cash buyer is aware of how small of a problem this is, it scares the hell out of everybody else and no bank wants to loan on it. How did you find the solution to the foundation issue? It was an accident. I'll be honest with you. In Southern California, I came across a foundation problem and I ran. In Central Texas, I wanted to buy a home for my family to live in. 
And they said, it has a foundation problem. Because I didn't have my investor mindset on, I didn't run. I became an entrepreneur problem solver, which that's what I should have been as an investor. Because I wanted to live in that home, I said, well, I'm going to find out how much does it cost. And to my surprise, the bids were coming in at $3,000, $3,500. And I was like, wow, here I was thinking this was a $50,000 problem. I mean, because you think about the logistics, they're literally digging holes around the property, jacking it up. Typically, if it's a two-story, it'll burst some pipes or break some things throughout the house. So a lot of times you have to fix the piping as well, which is another $3,000 on, let's say, a 2,000, 3,000 square foot home. So I actually originally discovered this whole problem that was solvable with the purchase of my own residence. Mm -hmm. And then once I knew that, I smelt the blood. I was hungry. I told that very realtor and everyone I could get in contact, if there's a foundation problem from basically all of Central Texas to San Antonio, I want to know about it. I might be splitting hairs here, so if I am, tell me so. When I asked you what you would tell me as a wholesaler, what you're looking for, you said, I want what nobody else wants. I want what everyone hates. What are people scared of? But you didn't specifically mention foundation. So why didn't you just say, I want any property that has foundation issues? Because even though I have not had the chance to do one where a gas has burst in the property or the kitchen has fire damage or the roof has fire damage, I am interested in that because I have a feeling and I suspect, and maybe you've had other experts who have done this, I suspect that I will have the same profitable experience investing in something that has fire damage in that something that has a foundation problem. Mm -hmm. Because again, it eliminates 99% of the competition and I can probably structure the same sort of deal because I've rehabbed plenty of properties. I know what it costs to rehab a kitchen or redo a roof. So that to me is not a problem at all. It's not so much the type of repair I'm looking for. It's that I'm looking for scenarios where I eliminate 99% of the competition. Please tell us the numbers of the last deal that you purchased. Last deal I purchased was for $120,000. And it was in Central Texas. It was a foundation issue. It happened to have some icing on the cake in the sense that it was also a distressed seller situation. So the property was behind on payments. The person I bought it from owned it. He was the original owner, but his ex-in-laws were living in it Mm -hmm. and it had a foundation problem. So this house was just oozing with problems. I went out there, looked at the property, had a foundation person look at it. The bid was $3,500 to fix it probably needed an additional fifteen dollars to $20,000 in repair at the time when I looked at it. The garage was literally buckling away from the house, and then the back of the house was literally buckling the other way. So it would, the house was literally like being split. You could see cracks in the concrete. And I approached the owner and said, what do you need? And the owner was very straightforward. They needed out. They wanted someone to get the ex-in-laws. And <laughs> they really only needed about $5,000 to make them happy. And what blew me away about this deal, I got to say, was that there was a second mortgage HELOC on it with a $50,000 available credit line. And I got to tell you, when I was signing, I just couldn't believe it. I was like, this doesn't even make sense. This is so solvable for this guy. And he must have not even tried. Mm -hmm. So he could have done it. He had a $50,000 HELOC that he had access to. He could have totally written that check. But he took $5,000 from me. 
I brought the property current, which was only about $6,000. So now the property is current with $11,000. I took ownership of the property, but in the terms, I wouldn't take ownership until the property was vacated. So it kind of put a little pressure on him that he had to also help me get the in-laws out. So we got the in-laws out, closed the next day once the property was vacant. I literally had the foundation people in there. They fixed the foundation for 3,500 because it was a 3,000 square foot home that was two story. We did have some issues with the pipes, but that was only about $1,200 to repair the pipes. Once the pipes were fixed, we had everything else come in and I did the normal paint carpet blinds because of course they literally dug a five foot hole in the middle of the house. It was probably about three by four feet when they were fixing this house. So it was a newer house too. It was built in about 2003. So this property was then sold for $255,000. So after real estate commissions, et cetera, I want to say there was about $70,000 in profit. That's outstanding. How long from when you first visited the property to when you were depositing the profits into your bank account? You know, the property was purchased in late November and it was sold in the middle of March. So four months total because I had also went down there and looked at it, of course, before we closed it. But I mean, look, this all happened, by the way, as far as closing these things, I'm closing these things anywhere from five days to two weeks. And look, I just told you some of them, I've discovered it on Wednesday and closed it on Friday. When you're not introducing a new bank and a new lender and underwriters and appraisers and all that BS that I just hate. It's funny. One of the things I hate is paperwork. So I've force myself to figure it out without doing it. And you just go straight to the guy who's got the mortgage. And if you got a distressed seller or somebody who can't sell to conventional financing people, these deals can happen very quick. It's a matter of calling an escrow company, getting a purchase agreement together and making the mortgage payments. What is your best real estate investing advice ever? Best real estate investing advice is probably what I've already told you. And that's buy what everybody else doesn't want to buy. Because you've got to find some edge. There's too many people out there investing in real estate. If you really want to see significant profits, because some of these foundation issues I've kept as, as rentals, I'm getting them on the cheap, they cash flow, huge equity capture. And again, not that much, but my best advice is buy what everybody else doesn't want to buy. Ready for the best ever lightning round? I am. All right, let's do it. First, a quick word from our best ever partners. You want to get better at negotiating real estate? Well, how about, do you want to get better at negotiating real estate for free? Even better, right? Well, go to fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. Fund That Flip, today's sponsor, has partnered with best-selling author Jay Scott to provide you with a free chapter from Jay's new book on negotiating real estate. I've read the book. Lots of good real-world case studies sprinkled in there, too. I love it when they do that. Go to fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever to download your free copy of the chapter today. When it's Friday at 4.30 p.m., it's time for Entrepreneur Drinks Podcast, which is co-produced by Joint Ops Properties and Discount Property Investors. Join their end of the work week session as they tackle problems facing entrepreneurs. Listen and subscribe at entrepreneurdrinks.com. That's entrepreneurdrinks.com. Best ever book you've read. Laws of Success by Napoleon Hill. Best ever deal you've done that you haven't talked about? Ha! 
The best deal I ever done that I've never really talked about is a fourplex. Again, it had a small foundation problem. I did not want to get a loan for this fourplex, but I wanted to keep it as a long-term portfolio hold because I knew I could get a huge equity capture. And it was a cash cow. All in, principal interest, all that stuff was 1500 It was bringing in about 3000 and I knew I could even raise the rent to make more, which I am now. Now, the reason it was the coolest deal I've ever done is not because of how much money I've made monthly on it or the equity capture, but because when I went to do the assumable, my typical thing that I do, the bank freaked out and didn't want us doing this. So here's what we did. I got lucky. It was owned by an LLC. So we went right around the bank and all I did was buy the LLC. I never actually bought the property. I just bought the LLC that owned the property. What's a mistake you've made on a transaction? I guess mistake I've ever made on a transaction is hoping for appreciation. And those go into my early days in 2000 to 2006. But who could blame me? At 18 years old, I had only experienced <laughs> success in appreciation in Southern California. And I had confused a bubble and a bull market in real estate for brains. So buying because I believe the property was going to appreciate huge mistake. I don't think too many people can fault an 18-year-old for kind of approaching it that way or having that mindset as an 18-year-old and then not seeing the difference until something crazy happens. What's the best ever way you like to give back? You know, I do have several charities and several people I like to support, but I will tell you this. With my futuremoneytrends.com letter, I've reached out and I do phone calls with people. I answer every single question that comes in. One guy is an Israeli in 2010 reached out to me through the futuremoneytrends.com letter. Fast forward today, we've been on a few vacations. Now he's a business partner of mine with another letter we started. So I love pouring out my heart and soul, and I'm very, very focused on over-delivering with the futuremoneytrends.com letter. So that is, I guess, not the most charitable way to give back because it is a profitable business. But I absolutely love what I do, and if I got paid almost nothing, I probably would still love to do it because I'm having too much fun. How can the best ever listeners get in touch with you? You can just go to futuremoneytrends.com. You can subscribe free to our weekly wealth digest where you'll get our personal finance ideas each week. And you can always go to the contact us page, ask a question. It will get to me and I will respond. Well, there's a clear theme here. And that is, as you mentioned with your best ever advice, buy what everyone else does not want to buy. So for every best ever listener, a good exercise, a very simple exercise is to identify the main issue in your market. If you don't know, then ask someone and ask many people who are actively doing deals. What are the main issues that they're seeing? Perhaps it is not a characteristic of a property, but perhaps it's something in the process that they're seeing as an issue. So maybe it's a software platform or something that you come up with. But identifying what the main issue is, research the solution, and then after you're the solution to those problems or that problem, then you just enjoy the flow of opportunity that comes your way. Thank you for talking to us about the deals that you're doing, walking us through specific transactions, Daniel. Hope you have a best ever day and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks very much. When it's Friday at 4.30 p.m., it's time for Entrepreneur Drinks Podcast, which is co-produced by Joint Ops Properties and Discount Property Investors. Join their end-of-the-work week session as they tackle problems facing entrepreneurs. Listen and subscribe at entrepreneurdrinks.com. That's entrepreneurdrinks.com.